Good morning and welcome to Wednesday morning, March the 18th in 2020 on Winter Rise. And even though we are in year A in the fourth Sunday of Lent, there's only four passages for the week. And so for a five day a week podcast, we got to come up with something creative. And as you know, uh, some of y'all send a text in for me to consider for this, this Wednesday open text day. And so I went out to my new staff team and uh, some of my new friends on the staff and I went polling for a passage today and uh, teammate Hannah Roberts, uh, one of our communication specialists, she gave me 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 1 through 10. And I'm going to read the last half of that. I'll paraphrase the front half of that. Uh, because it's uh, it's kind of this long, winding thing that Paul says here, but I'll get right to the heart of it, what she really wanted to have covered. And so I'll read that passage, and I'll provide a couple points of reflection on this interesting text, and then we'll lead to a time of prayer. So thanks for making this party of morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Right in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, this is the, towards the end of a long rhetorical piece that Paul is using to gain favor again with the Corinthian church. And in passages before, he's boasting about his sufferings. And this would have been odd because in the Roman culture, you boast about your accomplishments and not about your sufferings. And so Paul's doing the very opposite. He is trying to present uh, his credibility as an apostle by all that he has suffered for the gospel. And it's because in the Christianity now we have a cross-shaped view of the world and Jesus was victorious as he suffered and so Paul is using the same lines. And so at the start of chapter 12 he could talk about he can go on boasting because he's got more experiences and he begins to hint at an experience and he tries to refer to this person as somebody else besides him but he's self-effacing here. Uh, Most scholars would suggest that he's talking about himself that he was caught up into the third heaven. And he had a vision and an experience with Jesus that many of us will never have. Um, Ecstatic experience, a mystical experience, a charismatic experience that it seems clear that he's not supposed to talk much about. That it was just something for he and the Lord to enjoy, have enjoyed. And so he says, I could use that, but I choose not to. And so he has this interesting little thing that he says towards the end of the passage that I want to focus on. He says in verse 6 and following, Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking truth. But I refrain so no one will think more of me than it is warranted by or what I do or say or because of these surpassing great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is the word of God for us. Okay, what can we say about 2 Corinthians chapter 12? And so I've already introed the text a little bit, but here's Paul. He's appealing to a wider audience, and he's using his sufferings as the background for them 
to pay attention to him because he is following the road of suffering, which is the road of Christ. And this thorn in the flesh uh, that God gives him, he, Paul calls it a messenger of Satan, uh, it prevents him from being, becoming conceited. So Paul's excelling in the faith. He's mastering Christianity. And so God seems to allow or to give something, a messenger of Satan, a thorn in his side to keep him from boasting. He pleads that God would take it away three different times, but God doesn't. And in response, God says, and this is one of, the, one of the times, two or three times, Paul quotes Jesus verbatim. He says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul talks about how he'll continue to boast about his sufferings. And he's not trying to you know, be like the sad friend on Facebook who gives us all the bad stuff so that we can get, give them likes and check up on them. Paul's saying this is what the cross-shaped life looks like. So Paul's actually trying to disciple in the midst of his appeal here. Uh, many people have different ideas of what the thorn in the flesh is. Some suggest that it is an ailment. Maybe it was a poor sight or maybe it was some sort of a physical deformity that Paul has, which causes him to have this nagging pain, which continues to allow him to rely upon the grace of God. Um, I think one I think where I would land, and I don't know, you get 20 different commentaries, 20 different people speak about it, 20 different answers here. Uh, but there, there are a few times where the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, their enemies are referred to as thorns in their side. And so I would think this is this constant opposition that Paul has. Paul has opposition from Gentile churches. Paul has opposition from, from uh, Hebraic Jews because of his interpretation of the Mosaic Law. Um, he is being... Uh, pursued by you know civil authorities everywhere he goes there's some appeal happening uh the famous quote that tom wright says all the time uh, a, a anglican bishop once said everywhere i go they serve tea everywhere the apostle paul went a riot breaks out paul is just causing trouble and so uh, i you and i can imagine that at some point paul's like man can i get a break from all this stuff and just have some people to get along with and um but this whatever this trouble is it come it allows Paul to come back to the grace of God. The grace is sufficient for you, for in your weakness, power is perfected. Uh, this is an upside down way to live, friends. We live in a credential society. This, this really dovetails well with our Old Testament passage for the week, where when Samuel the prophet is trying to anoint a king, he's looking at the outward appearance and at the, the heart of the matter. And so Paul gives us this message in a different key. He says that even in weaknesses, God's power is perfected and the gospel breaks forth. And I think you and I have seen this in the weak and the frail and those who don't have all the credentials. God adorns the gospel with beauty. And so once again, we are asked to change our minds, to not rely upon the training that we've been given again and again, that the beautiful, the rich, the successful, the ones that get on magazine covers, there are the best guides. No, the best guides are those who have weaknesses that God uses. Uh, Father Richard Rohr says uh, that just as Jesus had wounds in the post-resurrection that were used uh, for Thomas and for a bridge in his faith, so perhaps the, the goal of the Christian life, one of them, is to ha have our wounds uh, to be exposed, for us not to be ashamed of them, uh, but also for have them to be healed within themselves uh, so they don't, we don't continue to bleed on others. So I think maybe we're called back to our wounds today and not, not to garner sympathy, but to rely upon God's grace again. And so that's going to be my prayer, is that we would rely upon the grace of God again, because I think all of us are in touch with a weak area of our life. So may that weakness lead to great strength 
and the kingdom of God. So let's spend some time praying this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you this morning that grace upon grace has been given to us. God, I thank you that you received us not when we were all put together, but you received us while we were, we were your enemies and while we were broken and without hope. So we thank you for matchless grace today that saw something that we didn't see. You saw the end. You saw how God could, you could transform us and make us new creations and allow us to embody a new world that you're constructing in and among us. And so God, this day we are grateful that grace has been extended to us. And God, we thank you that the grace of God that's uh, been revealed to the world brings salvation. God, we thank you that this has saved us and has allowed us to be in your family. God, we also thank you for this great upside-down vision that even in our weaknesses, God, your power is perfected. And God, we are mindful of the story of the day in the synagogue where the man with the withered hand comes before you and you understand that his hand is withered. And you command him to extend his hand and he had a choice to make. He could extend the healthy and the whole hand and to hide his weakness or he could trust your power and he can trust your economy of grace and be exposed in his vulnerability, his weakness, and his deformity. And he exposed his withered hand and it was healed. God, each of us have a chance today to self-curate an image that presents like everything is going well and that we're masters of life around us. Or we can be honest and we can be sincere. And so God, today, um, may there be grace for those of us who struggle with this decision, whether to hide or to come into the light. And I pray that we would have comfort and ease to come into the light, and that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there might be freedom for us. So God, set your people free. Allow us to loosen the chains of the bondage we continue to place in our own lives, bonds of perfection, bonds of self, you know, grooming a self-image that doesn't match who we really are. And God, as we, in our weak selves, emerge into the light, God, I pray that our wounds would be healed and that our wounds would tell a great and beautiful story of your grace. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.